right. Yeah. I think it would be easy to just find your number. You know, an iPhone. You're like, where is it? It's like settings, yeah. phone, yeah. about, you know. It should just be there. Because no one memorizes numbers anymore. I, they do it on purpose to keep us humble. Yeah, okay. Just not feeling too smart with their technology. Yeah, you don't know your yeah. own number. <laughs> I thought it was a conspiracy. I should just have it written down, too. That's, yeah, that's my... That's on me. I could also try to take on some of it. I think <coughs> I think a little bit's on me. You can sign up for, for a Google Voice number and have it directed to your phone. It's free. See? I mean, free in the sense that... Uh, We're the product. Yes. Yes. If you if you don't know what you're paying, guess what? You're the product. Yeah. Uh, Facebook is, is... It's like the Matrix in that way. Remember, the, remember in the Matrix, the baby, they're like... Get sucking energy off of the baby that's in the little uh, cradle. Mm -hmm. That's Facebook. They are powered by your information. That's true. So, yeah, let's not live start on, on Facebook uh, anymore. Let's go back to YouTube where they're good people, <laughs> clean. <laughs> yes. It's fucking not true. Not true. But, okay. Yeah, we have no, there's basically less of a chance of us to monetize this on YouTube now which is hopefully one day we'll start streaming on Steam and be paid directly, which we already did an episode. I think that. we can do both. I think we can stream both. Just post links on on, on both. Post the videos on Steam. And well, there's a live there's a live vlogcast whole website on Steam for this kind of thing. Okay. And we can get paid directly in cryptocurrency. Yes, indeed. Yeah. All right. Steam cryptocurrency. All right. Are you, um, do you need anything else, Aubrey? I think we're ready. Do we have? Tell what the hell's coming through there. Looks like it's coming. Looks like everything's coming through. There's like no buzz. We do have a house to lay, but that's just always there. It's very slight. Yeah, through the interface. I mean, there is. That does add a, a smidgen of buzz. It is sorry. a little nicer with it off. Sorry. That's okay. You can see a lot better here. All right, I'm ready. Okay. Um, five, four, three. Do you have two legs, two arms, one head, five senses? Are you homo sapiens sapiens? Well, then we have something in common. Oh! Why don't you come on in here, grab a beverage, and open up your ear holes, and get ready for some empathy and imagination. My name is Aubrey Cloutier. And I am Drew Clark. I would like to acknowledge you for taking the time out of your day to listen to the podcast for empathy and imagination. We would like to let you all know if you would wish to contribute to this podcast, you can do so by going to patreon.com forward slash empathy and imagination, and you can contribute there, or you can go to YouTube, throw us a thumbs up, a comment, or a share. Appreciate you so much. This podcast is brought to you by clarkpoolspa.com. If you have any pool, hot tub, spa, fountain, pump-related issues in the Contra Costa County spanning from Crockett to Alamo, they can solve all of your problems. Regular service, routine maintenance, pump upgrades, filters, solar, everything you need. So ClarkPoolSpa.com for all your pool needs. 
This podcast is also brought to you by Zeist.net. Zeist Digital is your one-stop technical shop. All the things you need, networking, uh, system upgrade, hardware, software, web design. Zeist, Z-I-C-E-D dot net. That's Z-I-C-E-D dot net for all your technical specification needs. And of course, our favorite sponsor, Final Corp. It'll be fine. It'll be fine. Thanks, Final Corp. Thanks, Drew. Um, If you want to give us a call here, the number is 510-859-4173. That's 510-859-4173. Give us a call if you have something to chime in on our various topics. Chime in. All right. Okay. Well, we have a very special, special guest today. Everybody welcome Neil. Neil, welcome Neil. to the show. Hey. Hello, hello, hello. Thank you, thank you well, for thanks having me. For joining thanks for being us. here, and uh, we'll get to you in just a moment. Right, let's, let's start audio. with the check-in. Um, should my I go? Check or in? Do you want to go? Uh, not much on my check-in. Yeah, you go first. Uh, well, as you know, my dad's in the hospital. How's he doing? He's doing the same, which is slowly worse. Really? Than ever. Hmm. Um, so that's kind of tough. I hear that. There was end of life discussions. Oh, wow. Which is kind of, uh, heavy to think about, you know, one day you're walking around and you're hale and you're healthy and it's like, okay, just go in for some heart surgery. Then you go in for some heart surgery and everything is fucked. And to think that that, that that would be your last days would be four months in the hospital with probably a roommate that you don't like. Hmm. That sounds shitty. Uh, it's hard to not think about how shitty that existence is. Hmm. Um, you know, to think one day, oh yeah, I'm just gonna, uh, you know, I'll get back to my photography or my poetry or whatever. And then the next thing you know, you're just on the slow fade out Hmm. part of the track. So, I mean, the doctors are optimistic, so I'm hoping that he'll pull through, but it's tough to just think about it. Yeah. Anytime you think about, I mean, this is obvious, but it'll bum you out, man, thinking about death. Oh, yeah. Especially thinking about someone you know who's just sitting in misery, you know? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, But he's a fighter, so I'm hoping things will work out and things will get better there. Uh so that's that's a bit of a bummer, but well, it's how the truth. How's that feel? How are you feeling? What are the feeling words you have? Ah, <sighs> feels. I don't know. Feels like I need to. I want to be there to do something. I feel I feel powerless. That's oh, what that's powerless. what powerless. I, I hear that. Yeah. Which is a great feeling sometimes, and a shitty feeling other times. Oh, it's one of those feelings we that has t- both. We had an episode about yeah. that, I think. Yeah. Uh, in the throes of an orgasm, it feels great to be powerless, right? But mm-hmm. in the throes of other things, uh, it feels like shit. So mm. I'm feeling, you know, just a little out of it because I've been thinking about that a lot. Wow. I yeah. really appreciate you sharing. Yeah, thanks. Yeah. Uh, 
So you know, my coping mechanism is to like make jokes and yeah. be silly. Well, I'm glad. I'm glad we're here together. Yeah, me too. Um, other than that, going into the studio to record Ooh. Uh, May 8th and 9th, 7th and 8th. So, that's uh, awesome. Uh, which is pretty cool. Light rail in light the city. Rail. Yeah. Never been there. Don't know anything about it. Mm-hmm. But it's pretty cool. It's exciting. That's awesome. It's like a pro pro level studio, you know, the works. So that should be, that should be fun. Cool. So. I know. Hell yeah. basically my check-in. All right. You checked in there? All right, you checked in. in. Dude, thank you. Um, Okay, I'll go next. So, yeah, let's start with music. uh, A lot of you know Nilotep, my long-running black metal band. We did a single in the studio, and now it's being mixed, and it's sounding really cool. I'm I'm feeling good about it. It's sounding... Any any close circle people I show it to, they're they're pretty blown away with how the music's going. Nice. They're like, whoa, that's really it. Really pulls you in, and I'm like, yeah, cool. That's the idea. It's supposed to be very emotive, and I feel like we've we've really hit something with this Nilotep single. So that feels I feel empowered. I feel heard. I feel seen. But it isn't even out yet. So, of course, we're going to drop it like the hottest fucking potato on this show. As soon as we have Mix and Master, mm. you guys are going to savor the flavor of Nyla Tip's new single. You'll be one of the first to hear it, honestly, here on the show. You recorded it here? Recorded here at Gradient Studios, and uh, it'll be mixed probably at the bunker, which is 50 feet that way. Yeah. And uh, then we're going to master with someone else. Huh. And then we already have like a couple other songs to do, man. We're gonna prob- uh, our hope is probably maybe every couple of months to drop a single until we have basically an album, mm. something like that. We'll see. I feel good about that. Of course, everyone, I, I dropped the good news. My wife is pregnant. That's still going well. Good. I'm feeling good about that. The father feelings, they're slow ramping. I can feel, excuse me, like this sl- slow feelings build where it's like, I'm, it sort of feels like a little bit on the other end of what your check-in was sort of about. A disturbance in the force. Uh, well, it's like there's In defi- a good way. Yeah, there's definitely some kind of exchange, something happening. This new life coming in, fear of death, you know, it's, I don't know. It, I, have, I have no answer for that, but I'm noticing it feels like there's some relation there. But, uh, yeah, see, how am I feeling? I'll, I'll go generally good. You know, it's the, there's the, the pool business. There's a little more repair work going on. You know, we got, uh, it's 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 not I'm not quite uh, you know swimming in the dough, but um, it's it's not destitute. It's a lot hell of a lot better than Sullivan Waterworks. <laughs> Whoo! Uh, I'm surprised that you guys recorded Nanotep here. I was I feel like there was a lot of pushback mm-hmm. uh, when I suggest recording here with guest speakers. Mm-hmm. I think the pushback mostly comes from the other main member. Ah. Because we had a really successful recording sesh here, and we did it in an inti- like a forty-hour intensive. He just stayed the night here, and we just powered through. And you guys didn't even use the the the, the big interface. The Motu, no. Okay. No. Yeah, yeah. So I guess. So I guess the it's, the guest speakers kind of pisses me off. Oh, okay. Well. Yeah. Maybe we got to talk about <laughs> that too. Well, l- that's my check-in. Let we me had let some good shows though. Let me uh let me finish, finish your check-in. That's it. I'm checked in. Checked in. Let's let's. Bring the mic over to Neil. Neil, you want to check in? How you feeling, man? 
Uh, I'm trying really hard to always look at the positive things in life, right? It's a okay. good lesson to do. So right um, something really cool happened the other night. Uh, my daughter, who's 15 years old, came in and asked me to sign a permission slip so she could run for sort of a student committee position. Oh, it's cool. kind of the first time ever she'd shown any interest in doing something like that without any kind of prodding. I told her it would probably be very frustrating, but it's very <laughs> important. So who knows, maybe she'll be a senator someday and she can support me in my old age. Uh, okay, I'm right on. <laughs> I was encouraging Drew here uh, once upon, a, uh, I don't know, last year or something, to get involved in politics. He was. Uh, because he was complaining about something about, <laughs> about politics, and I was like, well, th- well there is a solution. You could join. get involved. Yeah. yeah. That's not a no in the future, but let's yeah. need to check in here. How, how else are you feeling? What else is going on in your? If you, well, what do you feel like sharing? Uh, well, that was pretty much it. Okay, I'm cool. excited to be here. I've not seen this before. You guys have an impressive operation. Thank you. Thanks. So Thanks. I'll try not to screw it up. Yeah, it's hard to because there's no net value, so it screws itself up a lot of times. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it'll crash just plenty on its own. Cool. You'd live here in Crockett. I live in Hercules. Hercules, yeah. But he's going to move to Crockett I this summer, to, yeah. right? Hope mm. to get a little place out here soon. Cool. Well, is that so? That's your check-in. You're checked in for now. I am checked in. We thank ding you. Him. Let's ding him. All right. Well, Neil, check. Thank in. you for being here. And you know, I'm always excited to have local Crocodites on the podcast. I think there's lots to learn. I think there's special things about. I know, obviously, you don't live in Crockett, but you're a frequenter of of Crockett life. And of the Toots establishment, and of here here at Gradient, and and uh, you know, I got to talking to you, and something that was really interesting to me, and I'd, I'd like to give you the mic a little bit to explore, and we'll banter and interrupt. Is I want you, I want to talk to you about why you started the open mic night at Toots, and what that what that born, what that bore out of, and uh, yeah, why did you start the open mic at Toots? Uh, because at the time they didn't really have one. And I wandered into Toots one day several years ago and found a family, practically. Um, the people who work there are good, great people. Um, but more, more so, I'm, I'm a musician. They've got a great stage and a great sound system there, a good lighting system. It is a terrific place for local bands to play. Mm. So it was to me, it became sort of a local pub, like you'd have in Ireland, a place where, you know, if you're not busy Friday night, you can go down and you can catch a lineup of five great metal bands from Sacramento yeah you know that's a that's a great thing mm-hmm. but hanging out around there for a while and getting to know a lot of these musicians and promoters and the staff you realize there's a hell of a lot of really talented people in this area specifically and you know going back to the days of, of punk and the East Bay and everything there's just a lot of really talented people around here not just musicians but artists and writers and um, you know you name it and um, I always thought it would be really cool to have a scene sort of like Woodstock West, where um, someplace like, for me, Toots Tavern, because it's got a venue. Mm-hmm. And if you have an open mic night, you might get someone who, you know, is working at Home Depot and Hercules by day, but might be the next damn Bob Dylan. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think it's important to have a, a soapbox up there on a stage, and, and I hope more people go out and we, we create a big network of a flourishing artistic community. That's cool. Sounds great. Yeah, I appreciate that. I've I've uh, I've attended the open mic a few times and you know I even practiced to perform some stuff once but uh my wife heard it and she was like yeah don't don't do that. Uh <laughs> really? Uh-oh. Yeah. Well, because <laughs> was it uh, was like it? naked performance art or something? Well, close. <laughs> yeah, it was. It was musically here. naked. Because I I mean, I play in 
multi-member metal bands, and I, I'm like one-fourth or fifth of a very extreme production. If I try to do my just my fourth, it's just really weird. Right. It's so – you can't really connect with it. There's all these pauses. It's like it's really weird. Did you have like backing – pre-recorded backing loops and tracks no, no i just was going to go with the acoustic and do some nilotep songs with the acoustic but without it just oh, with missing all the other melodies and everything else it just was too weird and it mm. was a it was a bummer representation of the music so it was like well i'm just yeah. going to hit a hand drum by myself or yell at something so it, it's like a pale fire compared to the actual music yes well yeah. said well said do a lot of people feel that though right you feel that I, I do, you know, growing up like in the 60s and 70s, you get kind of tired of the acoustic guitar and the singer yes. and the <laughs> lack of variety. Adult, I mean, I hate, I, adult contemporary singer-songwriter. Right, which, who I adore. I, James Taylor, you know, I, I Bob love Dylan. those guys. Yeah, but yeah. but after, it, it, it's a more limited uh, medium or something like that, yeah. performance for sure. However, don't underestimate the, the vast power of getting up there as a person in a quieter setting and really connecting with people. They may have heard the song a million times and they may have heard it through, you know, 10,000 watts of amps, but hearing it stripped down and some bands do a really good job of it, you can really like connect with people that are there. Yeah. They, mm. you know, you might think it's weird, but it might like really resonate with somebody. I agree. I think despite uh, your wife's protestations, mm. might be a good idea just to try it out. So you just do it anyway? You know, if there's pauses in the music, maybe you could throw in some stand-up comedy bits. <laughs> I was thinking about beatboxing <laughs> over the acoustic guitar. Yeah. You know, I had that thought. I mean, if nothing else, it just gets you some exposure and some practice. Yeah. Can I... He touched on something else, which has actually been my struggle, because I'm a songwriter, and I've been mm. trying to perform at the open mic... As like the singer song, you know, the open mic you started. Yeah, yeah. There's a little conflict of interest <laughs> there. I understand, but no, I'm trying you to get better. You should book yourself. I, I, yeah. I, I, I've been a musician for a long time, and I've played in bands a lot. But I was the bass player, and I'm very mm. comfortable standing. But I was the bass player. Meaning, right. meaning, right. meaning, not in the spotlight. You know, comfortable sure. being like behind the lead singer and the lead guitar yeah. player, standing right. next to the drummer, and you know, that I'm okay with that. But when it's just you standing there with a guitar and and you were responsible for all of the attention. There's just something weird about that. And I think it's just being used to being a sideman for so long. Yeah. And it's just you. And it's not so much fear. It's just kind of like almost guilt. Why are you wasting your time just watching what I'm doing when there's a jukebox right there with Leonard Cohen on it? Well, mm. that speaks to, I think, something about the performer then, about not wanting to take up the space that clearly has been set there it's to take. It's a habit, yeah. too. It's an associative yeah. habit. Right. You mm. are used to being the bass player standing next to the drummer. Right. I stand next to the drummer so I can see the bass drum foot go like this and try to synchronize <laughs> what I'm doing with well that. well together, yeah. Yeah, Robert. No, you I and guess. I do that very well. I was going to say. But... Yeah. Um, yeah, when I play guitar songs, I'm like, I kind of feel like like a fraud almost. Even though I, I wrote the songs on guitar, I kind of feel like I'm not a guitar player. Oh. You know? I, I don't think that's Which is uncommon, a Which is it's though. a dumb feeling. It's, you know, but there it is. You know, there are a lot of those people, like the drama kids in school, they're just, hello, you know, they just, sure. they're great at that stuff. And I figured, if you're not born with that, why even try? <laughs> <You know? laughs> is it something you can well, learn? Well, no, there's so many 
amazing artists like Bob Dylan who are introverts. That's true. And they and, just were and pushed don't to do it anymore. Andy Partridge of XTC just screw this. I'm not playing live anymore. Yeah. Playing live is a lot of fun. I mean, in bands like yeah. we just did that recently, and it was the especially the first show was really fun. But uh, like I consider myself pretty shy guy, but I, when I get on stage, it's it's al- it's almost like there's another like an alter ego is more easily accessible or something, you know? Because I wasn't a theater major. I'm not very right flamboyant and stuff. But I always envied those people, though, you know, who just yeah. mind just getting up and doing a solo anytime. You never did theater mm-hmm. in high school? Uh, <laughs> not really. I, I played in the band, you know, like when we do musicals and stuff. You get to hide in the, in the pit. Right, <laughs> right, exactly. Yeah, I never did theater either. I did. I did as much as I could in high school. It was pretty small troupe. We did a lot of filming. We did. I, we'd made a bunch of short m- films, and then we did two different plays. One of them we filmed. Mm. It was cool. Yeah. I highly recommend it. I mean, it seems like a great thing to do. A lot of people take acting and improv classes for a variety of things, like musicians and stuff. Mm. Yeah. So wh- what's your musical like? What's your musical world? Tell tell our audience like. What do you sound like musically? Could we even pull something up you've recorded that's online? or No. What's that world? Just talk to us <laughs> about it then. No. Um, no. <laughs> uh, you know, when I was younger, I was active and played in a lot of bands. I, I guess rock, you know, the time, the music that was big was like grunge bands. Like You're sounds. like a grunge guy? I, I was. Wait, what year were you born? Of, uh, 65. Okay. So uh, I'm about the same age as Kurt Cobain, but that, that was, uh, I, I, I like that, shook things up a bit. But I like all kinds of music. I think... Uh, Music, you know, as a little three-minute art form or whatever, is just a great thing because anyone can participate in it. Yeah, you know, we, you can't. We uh, wrote a song. We wrote a song on this show as yeah. an episode one time. It was really fun. Really? Yeah. Keep going. Sorry to interrupt. Go ahead. No, no, that sounds cool. When you do it again, let me know. I can play triangle. You might do it today, man. Who <laughs> fucking knows? It is like yeah. uh, music so ephemeral, but it is like a little moment in time captured. Um. You know, it's like it's like a, a way to capture emotions. Yeah. In a very uh, almost like almost the best way. I mean, I think film does it too, but with music, you you don't have to look at you don't have to associate a certain face or something or a certain landscape with the with the sounds. You can there's more room for your imagination uh, when listening to music. It's like a magic spell. That's how I look at it. That's how I look at music. Music is super much a spell. It's super you <coughs> putting a spell on the people listening. It's like on yourself, too. I had that experience when I was playing this song for the people. I told Jim the story of how it started. He was like, you got to tell Chris the story. So I told Chris the story, and they were just like silent. I feel like I put it, Evan and I put a spell. Hmm. It's a good spell. I feel good about the spell, and that's a really good metaphor for it. Have you you write spells too? You said you're a songwriter. Yeah. Can you what what sort of song might you? Is there an artist you might compare it to? That or like what what's the world there? What's that maybe sound like? Well, I I don't know. I I kind of put it down for a while after getting married. So, but at the time, I was mostly experimenting a lot. Couldn't decide if I wanted to be Tom York of Radiohead, or, <coughs> you know. Um, but now I'm I'm starting to write music, and I think you would probably sort of call it like protest music, but kind of pro worker, 
pro-sanity, kind of like maybe Woody Guthrie with a deeper voice mm-hmm. and a little more frustration. You got your bass tones going on. Yeah, I'm, yeah, I'm trying to do Johnny Cash whenever. Yeah, no. It's only Good. because of this mic. I really sound like this. His normal speaking voice Hi. is this. But I guess that there's, you know, there's not, I, I actually like singers with lower voices too. And I think, you know, it, so I, I don't right. know. We'll see. I'm coming to the next open mic. I'm going to play some originals. Is cool. that a fact? When is the next <laughs> open mic? <laughs> or my name is an Orville Redenbacher. Wait, wait, wait. Can I was chatting with Pilot? <laughs> Did you just promise to play an original song? I don't believe I used the word promise. Okay. Well, let's, what, what did occur? Is that going to happen? I, I hope so. I've been very bad, and I feel I'm, I've got to do it. It's well, part of my I'm, personal growth. Well, let's it's when's the next uh, open mic at Toots? Uh, it's the second Monday of the month. Second so Monday. May, whatever. May, like, 8th, 9th, 10th, something around there. So we're... But there are a lot of great performers there. People, you get oh, a variety. Super talented people. Um, <sighs> we should all move to Crockett. Well, yeah. I yeah. like Crockett. Just move here, man. Yeah. Crockett. You can rent the studio. Fuck it. There's not like <laughs> tent cities on the streets and people Everyone shouting at me, shouting and shouting at the world. Everyone insanely. says hello and it's like, "Are you okay?" Like that's the vibe. Right. Just hello and no are you like, okay? Cool. No one's like f- trying to fight you. Being Doesn't hostile, happen. swearing at you. Cops don't come finger. here. Right. <laughs> the streets that's are good. too narrow to things. drive fast on. Yeah. They're too narrow. You can't. And if someone does, it's really awkward. Everyone's too busy saying hi to each other to drive fast. Mm-hmm. Hey, how's hey, it going? Oh, oh, hey, oh, hey, hey, hey. <laughs> Even people you run down on the street, they're just in, <laughs> in traffic. Hey, <laughs> come on. Ah, oh, you hit me. I love the JNL market, you know? It's just like, th- I, l- I love the produce section. It's like the black dot and the white of the Yang. Symbol this is the produce at JNL market. It's fucking terror. It's just a joke. Yeah. It's like basically plastic covered in chemicals, and it's been colored with colors too. Some of it. It's, it's just it's a terrible little sad, sad little thing. I grow better vegetables than they sell at JNL market. Like I could put my vegetables in JNL market. Make and people would probably them. buy them. You should say, hey, you're. you're your leafy greens are wilted. <laughs> I'm right up nasty. the road. Yeah. You can just buy them from me. Yeah, I'll fill this thing up, man. That's a good I'll idea. I'll invoice All you right. later for thank that. You. Yeah, thank you. Please invoice me for that great idea. Oh, my gosh. Uh, there's some, Oh, you know that fra- that that saying, like you go 45 minutes outside the city and, and you're in like the boonies or whatever? Yeah. It's. I mean, Crockett could be a, just a town in New Hampshire. Uh-huh. The same mm. kind of thing. Hmm. Uh, same kind of vibe, you know. Huh. There I are think these places. There are these places that are really cool that are all over the place. All we ever hear about are the the metropolitan areas, Berkeley, San the Francisco. nexus points of of like political and tech well bullshit. Now, and now, but uh, there are just money. real people living their lives, wanting to hear Bob Dylan at open mic night. I think all over the country. There's a proximity Goldilocks zone, just like us from the sun. Like Ooh, the center like of, like the that. of the the center dot is in the financial district of San Francisco. That's the sun. That's the sun, and then the Goldilocks zone is some certain mile distance from the center of the financial district in the city. So there's there, right, if right, you get right. too far away, it just starts to you it's lose wilderness. touch. You get too far away, it's wilderness. People. If unlivable. you're too close, it's too tight. Everyone's tense. There's traffic, and you see it. 
So you got to get in between in the Goldilocks zones, right? That's what Crockett, I'm talking about. Is that where Crockett is? I think so. Yeah. I like that. I think also Alhambra Valley in general is in the Goldilocks zone. I want to own land out there. There's two acres for sale for 300K right now we, on Alhambra we Valley. We bike through there all the time. It's per- how you want a famsh there. Why wouldn't you want your famsh on Alhambra Valley Road? Right. That was such There's a good land tangent. There av- yeah. Available. Two acres. Is that where Pinole Valley Road goes through east? Uh, like to no, it's Martinez? more. Uh, it's more north than that. Okay. It's like the next north, east to west going road. That's not Highway Four. It was mostly undeveloped. It's like there's cattle lands. Yeah, there? there's yeah. horses and ranches horses, and open cattle. land and stuff. And Let's it's around crowdfunded. Fuck it, man. What? Do it. Let's crowdfund it. We need a podcasting ranch. Well, we do because my garden, which Hell we have yeah. a garden update today, of course, didn't mention that. We have video to prove Good it. Good to know. Um, I, we could, if you just see what I can do here, I can do that way more. <laughs> right. if you give me more space, man. Yeah. And I could feed and people. And then the economy of scale kicks in and you're set. And we could feed people, and we have nice podcasts. We could record brand bands. We have live shows. It'll be great. All right. Center for Empathy and Imagination. So, GoFundMe, no Kickstarter. We have to make a whole new video for Kickstarter. that. Kickstarter.com/slash Empathy and Imagination. I think we need to like be already giving food away to the community, or, or selling it, or something. I think there's gotta. We have to before we ask for the money, we have to already be getting some or something. Hey, get a grant. We you have a little it? bit of affordable housing on there for people in transitional periods oh, like who like got laid off zone. and need to get How on about their zone. camping hybrid? There we go. Okay. Or yeah. maybe tiny home village with, with, or you know, something. Bathroom facilities. And well, yeah, yeah, you could have. You could say, <laughs> "I'm actually going to conserve this part of the land. I'm not going to use it. It's going to be conservation <gasps> land, oh. and I'm going to do low-income housing." Oh shit! So there we go. Both and, angles. And and it's going to be farmland. It's going to be you know. It's going to yeah. give back to the. It's going to produce. Uh, you're set. At a podcast. If you could convince oh, them, yeah. Well, if you could convince them that you're going to do that and follow through on that stuff, I could. You could say like, that. yeah, just buy the. Yeah. I have measuring tape. I can measure shit out and make fences. Yeah. It'll be great. Yeah. We're going to conserve this land. They they would love that. If we set and off the spot, the, the like low income housing. Yeah. Too. It's like if there's a marsh a on idea. the land, we would like fence it off, keep the dogs out, you know, let the eggs hatch, all that. That would be cool. I'd love to do that anyway, to have a preserve, you know? That'd be cool. That is the plan. It's just like, how do we make it happen? So we make it happen here as much as we can at Gradient Studios. Does the United and States make it easy for that to happen? It used to make it easier. It's less easy now. I, but you're, you're, you've got the knowledge to do it. Gardening, brewing. You could have people up there to help out. I'm thinking. Of, I, I spent some time in a kibbutz in Israel. You guys. You went to the kibbutzin. I went to. Yeah, I lived in a kibbutz for a couple of months. They have no violence. What is there. what is that? I don't know what that is. It's yeah, please have a. It's it's basically a commune. It's a violence-free commune. Yeah, well, gotcha. there's different. It's like communal like, living. It, yeah, you know, after like when they were developed after the Holocaust, and they would develop these communities. It was sort of like everyone contributes to whatever the product is, and they were typically farms. The one I was on was mostly bananas, but some of them nice. operate like rental boats on the Sea of Galilee and stuff. But they're collectives, and mm. everybody gets a place to live. And you know, there's a cafeteria where you eat and everything. The retired people get a little condo where I was. It was right overlooking the Mediterranean, and they would go and peel potatoes for a couple hours when they're 80 years old, still contributing. And um, that's awesome. It, it was pretty cool, and they would take in volunteers, people from other countries, and you just come in and you work. You work during the day in the banana fields, and 
you're taking it was it was kind of a cool thing. They you know, feed you not, and you sleep there. You, and you stuff? feed everything. You get a little stipend. You know, they had a clinic. They had a little shop, hmm. and it was it was. You know, if you're if you're talking about people who aren't necessarily looking to make a billion dollars in their life or Dude, want a place to lay their head for a that's while, a that's a boring pursuit. That's a boring pursuit. Right. Billion dollars. Right. But if you can go and live in a community that you've got a nice roof over your head and you feel part of it, and it was very much a tight knit community. Everybody knew everybody, and uh, it was kind of a cool thing. Hmm. I think we need to blend cool. labor of the land with automation and freedom from labor. I think those two need to speak with each other in a, some sort of harmonic way that might necessarily not be 50 50. you know what i'm saying do you think because so? as we build these communes in the future we're going to be automating a lot of this stuff and but if you automate it too much right and you're totally disconnected you lose them <coughs> well i think most something. like some things will probably never be automated you know, like child care, yeah, things yeah, where yeah, humans yeah. are interacting with other humans, or like human care is not going to abstract automated. thought yeah. stuff like producing Psych art, psychologists, an certain analysis. Uh, a know? lot of televisions do daycare these days, though. Yeah. I'm not doing that with <laughs> my kid. I'm going <laughs> no, to limit trying to trying to stay on the positive. Quality of daycare, you want yeah. <laughs> empathy and imagination. Okay, this is the imagination part. Okay, so there's okay. babies and they're looking at screens. And what do we teach them? We give, we give our we give our BTUs to Facebook. Yeah, I just give our units of <laughs> energy. We're, we're consuming calories so that we can give personal information over to Facebook. Well, if, why don't that's, they that's the new matrix. The calories? That's then. the thing. We're in the matrix already. I know. It's sad. But it's it's information. It's not so much actual body heat. It's fucking mediated. A quick tangent is that the Neo of the matrix, Keanu Reeves, lives a very interesting life now. You look at him now... He just rides the train normally, helps. Like, he just acts like he's not uh, oh, famous. Oh, Keanu Reeves? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. He just acts like he's not famous Seems and like a normal tries to deal with everything normally. Seems like a normal guy. And it's like, people are, can't stop looking at him because he's acting normal. And it's like, dude, that that is, I mean, and he played Jesus in the new film about Jesus. And he just walks around like a normal person. People are, like, freaking out. I think The Matrix was a socially important film. It was to so. me. It was a great film. I, th I think people saw a lot in the matrix i think i saw a lot of my life in very the matrix. packed metaphor a very packed metaphor and very well done movie. And the fact that they had drugs and wild violence as like a main theme and then they were like let's make it cinematically brilliant and new let's put 500 mm -hmm. cameras in a circle and then <laughs> let's squander the potential in the next two movies they aren't as good as the first one, but I will watch them all in a row like a good American, and <laughs> I, man, I won't complain. I, I don't think I would do that. Oh, man. I'd watch the you, first one and you be like, like what, uh, what do you think about the Matrix film? Like, wh Just th tell me. I love the first one. It was yep. great. And I, I think I liked the second one, and I'm not sure I saw the third one. Exactly. Wow. That's probably right for most people. The second one wasn't engaging enough to get you to want to see the third one. And and to be fair, I don't you know since like having a kid and everything, there's a lot of movies I just kind of miss, you know. You don't go out to so right. you can't take babies to movie theaters. It's a bad idea. Yeah, that's why I never go by myself to the movies. Yeah, I don't want to bring a baby. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, no, I love movies, but I'm so behind. I don't know what the most recent you know movies are. It's hard to keep up. I mean. They are still making great movies. I'm still talking about Star Trek TNG. Dude, that's uh. still the best shit ever. Oh, sorry. The Next Generation. Yeah. We insiders use TNG. 
Well, let me tell you about current movies since we're on that topic. I, I watched the first two-thirds of The Shape of Water, and it was like, no, nah, thanks, man. What is that? This is the film, The, the Shape hot, of Water. The, the new hot, hot movie. Uh, Hollywood's mm-hmm. highest rated. It's got the oh most Emmy nominations. 98% on Rotten Tomatoes. Yeah, it's 98% on Rotten Tomatoes. It's got 99 Emmy Awards. Like, it's just, it's basically Hollywood's 1, dick. 1,000 Academy Awards. And seriously, I watched the first two-thirds, and it was, like, extremely difficult to keep my attention. And it was, like, it was, like, low light. Like, you couldn't see very much. And the acting was good. But they started the film with tits. They're, like, titties, pussy, Titties, titties, pussy. That's how they started the film. And they sexualized. It's like, they're like, base instinct, pull in. And now you're hooked. And then super slow, very boring, made-to-made interaction. And then there's a very bad fish suit guy who, instead of swimming, he sort of dances in the cage. And it it's like awkward. It's, 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 a, it's like a musical movie. They're trying to make it like a play like... But the dialogue sucked, and it was overly sexualized in the beginning unnecessarily. Ah, uh, yeah. You weren't a fan. I'm really happy to be against this film, by the way, because everyone so loves it. So I get yeah, another benefit. I get a it's good self- to hear like, you trash something. I'm like, ooh, I get this benefit of feeling like I'm righteous, and it just feels good. You know? Maybe I'm wrong. Mm-hmm. Maybe all the awards are right, but I think that movie sucks. Cool. Neil? I have not seen it. I have cool. seen it. I, but I have also heard of some friends that I kind of trust their taste in movies, and they've said similar things. Like I don't get what all the hype is about. So huh. I will have to see it myself and figure it out. But you know, sounds like a good premise. But is is movies really how we want to spend our time? If it makes you feel something, it makes you think. I think story time reception is really good important in, in everyone's life, or in maybe in a man's life, because I don't know what it is like to be a woman. People love story. People love I to love hear it. stories and tell stories and see them. I love watching story time. Like Netflix really is comforting. It's super comforting to know that I can watch any episode of TNG on command. Mm. <laughs> and right now we're going through DS9, beginning to end, and it's getting good. You know, and it's like. Right, right, right. And it's, it's just like good. story time Are at you night. you like season three now? Season yeah. two? Yeah. Late season three. It always gets good at like t- season two and a half. Yeah. They, they finally Almost most pick shows. Up. It's mm-hmm. like, okay, we they got pick past up the, the story. first season. We got, then we got a contract for a few more seasons. Make it work. And they up their, up their budget. And I think that's true. So, yeah, story time's important. But, like, well, I mean, other, we should do other cool stuff, right? Should. Wouldn't it be cool if... We did other cool stuff. Such as? A podcast. A bicycle ride. Which brings me to my next topic. Okay. So, I don't know if you know about this group, <laughs> but they're one of the three of us doesn't know about the Bike Order Warriors. Ah. Oh, is it you? Oh. Well, using deduction, yeah. So... <laughs> um, we got a little clip here, and uh, you're gonna check it out. We're gonna watch it. He's seen it, and you're gonna you're gonna check it out. It's just a random episode. Here we go. 
got going on here? Doing some uh, stapling. Okay. Surgery. A little surgery. Got it. Cool. Tell me about your water bag. Camelback is leaking. Ah. Pretty severely, so I gotta go with the old trusty. Cool that you're making it work. Making it work. Making it work. You know, it probably tastes better too. The Camelback sort of gives you a weird taste. Like you plasticky kind of? Yeah. So yeah. you're kind of looking forward to the better taste, but now you don't have the ease of the better straw taste. while pedaling. Yeah. Less convenient. But uh, probably less capacity too. So another one was a liter. I think that's a little less. Here we are. Like Order Wars just arrived at Martinez. We're here at the, uh, what's it called? The Catherine Siena Cemetery. Yeah, the Alhambra Catherine Cemetery Siena. is like over here. This is interesting. A bunch of uh, dead people here. Yeah. How's that uh, ride so far, Aubrey? Feeling good. Yeah. That trail was real nice. Yeah, between Fort Costa and Martinez, that uh, that bike trail is just dreamy. It's steep in some parts, but that's all you can. Uh huh. And we get to surf a little, right? Yeah. We're surfing. It's cool. So just a little break here on the way out to Mount Diablo. <laughs> just a little shady glade spot here in Pleasant Hill. Time for a little cuisine. Having a PB and J, and Aubrey is having nothing. Water. So I got my uh, bike quarter, bike quarter warriors clown look. Yeah. Today. Striped, Can we get a side shot of that? Can we just get a yeah. There we go. And yeah, we're like blue and yellow guys. Just got our provisions here at uh, Slaveway in Pleasant Hill. Interesting little snacks, fun little place. We got our bags all packed up, full of stuff. Definitely no beer in there, is there? quiet trail ride today so nice just we just love whenever we get trails basically for bikes and pedestrians to share because then it's all nice and stuff 
See him? There he is. Oh. It's okay, buddy. We're not your enemy. You're welcome here. It's your home. We just are, we're going to hang here for tonight. Thank you. Good morning. Day two, Mount Diablo. We're here at our site. Funny thing. We didn't actually make it to Juniper Campground last night. Drew here was uh, pedaling up this hill as much as he could. And then my legs began to cramp so much. I would give them breaks, drink water, eat a little something, take a break, try to go more. Even just pushing my bike up the hill became uh, too much. And then just as we were about to go like, well, maybe we can, I don't know, what's gonna happen? We saw a sign for the campsite and we looked and it, was, it wasn't reserved and we, we camped here, so I'll give you a tour. Here's our campsite. Little bathrooms. That's the road up there. Came in here. There's a little fire pit over there. We've already got it all put away because uh, it was a good idea to do so. But we hammocked here in between these two trees here. Lovely view almost 180 degrees of city lights all the way down there so here's some breakfast cuisine we got a, a boar's head ham sandwich a little bit of cannabis an orange what do we got some cheetos there buddy yellow sandwich too cheetos chicken sandwich the chocolate left And then the camera freezes, and the descent down Montiablo is lost. Hey! Heading back to Crockett from Mount Diablo, and we have one, or no, we have two. What are they? Official? Official tank complaints to yeah. file. We've got tank I have complaints. one to file. I have one, so that's two to file for the trip. Did you bring the paperwork, or? Yeah. Okay. Well, I have the app. You have the, oh. You can remotely log a tank complaint. Whoa, was that a car? Well, it was, but it was a really weird one. And if you know anything about weird cars over here, it's a safe, better way. Being around all these fruit trees is confusing. I thought we had to do it paperwork and fax it in. Is that how it works? Uh, I think we fax it in with a roll of toilet paper. Okay. That we have to buy. Damn it. Tank complaint way. Tank complaint.
shoulders like <sighs> Okay. We just made it back. Mount D. Mount D to Crockett. Here we are, lovely Crockett, Love California. That. We have our, our little friend Ziggy here. Hey Ziggy, say hi. Hi. All right, man. Like 57 miles off round trip. Was it 57 mm -hmm. round trip? And how many feet of elevation do you know? Probably three. Probably three grand feet elevation. I'm tired. It hurts. But we made it. We made it. Where are we going next? I think we're going to go to, I don't know, any side? I don't know. Something good. Thanks. Yeah. So that was cool. Yeah, thank you. That that's a short episode. I figured we could share a short one. That one's under ten minutes. Um, uh, obviously, I, I I do that show, and um, it's pretty cool. I had this thought this morning. Um, I'm I'm really happy. I started writing again since my injury. Like this is the second Saturday in a row I did the you know, coming Skyway. Uh, and back, whatever you know, whatever route that is. Mm -hmm. And like already, my body feels just a matter so of your foot better. getting used to it. My foot's fine. I hurt my anus. Remember? Oh, dude, I was. Do I, I tried ever to poop too hard? And I like pulled or tore one. Of, there's two straps that go around the the favorite hole. You know, in the womb, they build the asshole first, and then it goes out from there because it's so important. Your genitals to are designed waste. by a committee. It's like you ha excreting waste is like number one function. So you build that first because that has to happen. So whatever else starts coming through the pipe, it needs to be able to get out. Mm -hmm. So you got that going. <coughs> and I injured mine somehow, pooping too hard, I guess. I didn't have a, a squatty potty Like a yet. poop hernia? Yeah, like a poop hernia. Uh, but I, I, didn't, I didnn't have any um, preparation damn, H lumps, dude. you know. I, I, I think I was careless. With the pressure, because I have a very powerful bottom end here. It's very powerful. And I think I just was like, fuck it, I'll just push harder. And then that was just, it was a mistake. Hmm. So, um. That's cool that you I can was just like willingly give, in, give yourself a hernia. You can, yeah, you can hurt yourself by just doing that. So I have a squatty potty now. And now I, I'm, I'm thinking about when I poop. Like, I pooped three times today, this morning, so far. And that's a lot. Usually it's one to two, you know. Hmm. So anyway, I'm just kind of keeping track, of it, looking at them, you know. Let's just talk about poop a poop, lot longer. Poop update. Let's let's talk let's about the, poop. Get the Clark Neil. pool update. How do you feel about poop? Clark Poop and Spa. <laughs> <laughs> you didn't tell me this was a political podcast. <laughs> <laughs> right. Well, let's talk about you play bass. Is that right? You said you played uh, bass guitar. I did, yeah. yeah. You did. Yeah, you know, I kind of took a hiatus from music after kids, mortgage, job, things like that. But um, yeah, I, bass 
is just the instrument that feels best to me. I can play guitar a little bit and play trumpet and stuff like that, but I just like the role that bass plays in a band. Kind Do you of have like a top bit. three songs you like to play? Um, no, but I, I mean, as a bass player, I like um, you know old R and B, soul, Motown, right, Atlantic right. Records, the grooves, kind of stuff. the groove stuff. Yeah, you know, I mean, I the that. ones I can play, <laughs> but um, stuff like that. Okay. But I am. I give. A, I want to give a shout out. My my daughter's playing bass too, although she's doing it for real too in the stand up bass and orchestra. Nice. Um, at her school, it's like she's already better than me. <laughs> <laughs> I always sort of wanted to be able to play stand up bass, but I'm sure you could. I, you know, you could. It's a lot. There's a lot there. It's just but a lot of your skill would transfer. I think. Yeah, you could. Yeah, it would just be. It would be. It would be more ear training, basically. I think. I bet your bass guitar skills would increase if you played stand up yeah. bass. How much do those go for? Like eight hundred. That's the problem. Much, yeah. And it's I w- store you know, it somewhere. It's like it's a lot. It's a thing. You can't just get a cheapo. No, you can't. It's you know like any musical instrument. You can get something for ninety nine bucks, but it's not going to hold tune. Right. There's nothing more frustrating than garbagey hardware on an instrument. That so what's like the what's the minimum for for some for for a stand up bass that would hold tune? Um, nine hundred. I, I've been asking around a lot, a lot of bass players and, and stuff. I, I think the ideal, what I'm trying to do is find a bass player who has, you know, a mid-level bass. They don't really use that much anymore and is selling it. Um, but I think I don't I have think any extra basses. Yeah, I, I think you're. I think you know you want to spend at least like do a you own grand a bass? to yeah. get something of quality. Something of electric quality, basses. Yeah. yeah you own electric basses. Yeah. Do you want an acoustic bass too? Uh, my daughter wants one. Stand up. Yeah. yeah, but you know it's like buying a piece of furniture. Yeah, it's <laughs> like know? a piano. I mean, do you want to get the? You're right. Do you want to yeah. get the best piano? She could have picked piccolo, you know, clarinet <laughs> or something. But no, <laughs> vocals. She, she could have picked <laughs> yeah, vocals. She, that's right. Damn it. We'll just, get you a, we'll just get you a mic. Like Fifty bucks. <laughs> I picked a grand piano. No, I need like ten-story orchestra. That's Why my. Why weren't you a singer? At least you didn't want to be a drummer. Oy. I know. Oy. What's the most? <laughs> hey, Dad. What's the most expensive instrument to play? And annoying. I want to play that one. Annoying to yeah. listen to when you suck at it. <laughs> For everybody. That's why there's yeah, the TV violin. fifty. Violins like that. Violin and drums violin are Violin and good. drums are yeah. the most annoying. Yeah, someone who's learning violin, that's a hard sound. So ba- in terms of learning an instrument, that your kid learning an instrument, I mean, bass is a pretty good one because it it's can it's be annoying, simple. but it's still like sort it's of... It's not annoying. Bass doesn't get it's annoying. It's still in the background. Right. It's not, I it's don't not shrill. It's not shrill. Yeah. Yeah. And with a four-string, you can, I mean, you can be, it can sound okay in a lot of ways, you know? There's more good than shrill available, I yes. think, with a four-string bass guitar. Electric. This is true. You know, I've seen some acoustic bass guitar things, and I've never really liked the sound they make. I like the idea that we could go to the like birthday a, camping trip that's coming up, and you could bring it. Like we this would, or an yeah, like this? like this. Like you could play bass, like you yeah. do, but it's acoustic. You know, it's so hard to find a, one that really has a big sound. They don't. Works. They're really quiet. Right, yeah, it's got to be like a Martin. It means it's going to cost you fifteen hundred bucks. Right. Fifteen hundred is the to get that game. Jeesh. Right. Be and like you a still kick-ass want Martin or something, and, and you probably still want a good clean preamp and an amp to put totally. it through. So you might as well just play electric. <laughs> right. Right. <laughs> a, uh, exactly. a person I follow. Just hey, watch out there. A person I like follow. Stick with the, what you already had. Yeah. Just did a video on that. You already have a bass arbor. You don't need to get another one. 
Sorry. just saw this Go video. Ahead. It's okay. I saw this video. They're like, cheap guitar, expensive amp, play this riff. And they're like, expensive guitar, cheap amp, play the same riff. Like, right, like two riffs like this, and then switch it, you know? And it was like back and forth, back and forth, and then different riffs. Hmm. It really, it just it was a flat obvious that what really matters is the amp. Your guitar just has to be playable for you. And that most of the sound is really coming out of the amp. And uh, that's that, tonally, that's really what's going on. So you're it, like, which guitar is the best tone? It's like, if it's an electric instrument, yes. Yeah, yeah, the electric guitar. And probably electric bass, bass. You want to spend two, two grand so that it actually has some projection power mm-hmm. and stays in tune. I bought that guitar. It was the Laguna. They were selling for, I think, six ninety nine. That it's a one guitar. I've played it, that guitar. It's, it's a, pretty it's, good. It's pretty good. And the thing is, it, it plays like a, a six hundred dollar guitar. I happen to have spent three fifty on it. Also, the strings haven't been changed in like seven years. It needs fresh strings. And it but hasn't it's a been sweet set up, cleaned. but it still plays. No, it's been set well. up for drop C. It's set it up has. for drop C. Yeah, it's all set. So is this one. But yeah, it definitely needs new strings. In any case, it was the wrong color, and they couldn't sell it. I wanted the purple one. I really did want the purple flake so you got one. A discount. Yeah, it's because a running it's theme. the wrong color. Running theme with you purchasing. It's I'm just a <laughs> cheapo. I'm a cheapo. No, no, not that you're cheap. Just that like something happens with the guitar, and it's or or the, or the thing, and you get a cheaper price. Yeah, like that drums. is a theme. That is what happened with the drum. Not I that did you're the whole cheap. Video. Well, you know, I'm I am looking. I, I there's so much taken from us in so many ways. And a lot of it is fluff. Like a brand new car, you buy at the lot, you drive it off the lot, you lose $4,000. And that's like stupid. So I just don't like inflated values. Yeah. Falsely inflated value of items. That's it. There's a lot of that. Bothers me. Yeah. All right, guys. Let me, let me bring this back for a second here. I just, a few minutes ago, I showed you this video of the bike order warriors. And I'm like, I have this idea. And I'm, I'm, I'm gonna he- see what you guys think. So this is like pitch minute. I've been thinking about bike order warriors and ways to make it have a more, re- reach more people and have more people join us. We've had one guest on the show once. It's a very hard show to be on. It's like you have to train just to be on the show. You're talking about someone actually going on a trip with you. Yeah, we had one person. Someone someone going along with us on this trip. Yeah. And if someone wanted to do it with an electric assist, it's like you kinda I don't know. Okay, interesting. You would be against that. I have a little hesitation, like you kinda miss out on the the self reliance. You could easily picture like you and I in Florida and it's like a flock of like elderly, super elderly people. Scooters. Yeah, I can do it with a scooter, yeah. And we're just like like we crest over the hill, it's you and I. And then you see them come over the hill. And Squadron them. They're actually <laughs> going like five miles an hour. They're not actually going that fast. But we're like so, yeah. like we do yeah. like 20, yeah. right? <laughs> right? Oh, my gosh. And it's filmed like the 300, so it's all c- cinematic and, you know, it's like Sin City style cinematography. Yeah, I can see that. Maybe it would be cool if you started That's your Senate the commercial. That's your Senate uh Senate. Let's just uh, start. Commercial. Well, let's start with like <laughs> mayor. Let's get me to mayor first, and then we'll go other stuff. Yeah, councilman. Yeah, just councilman. I'll be a councilman. Sure. I'll tell you what the fuck's going on. on. The Crockett Council. 
So in the world now, there are tons of new Canon businesses. Holy shit, it's exploding! It's exploding. And it is a billions of dollars industry. This is the one of the harbingers of the golden age. We have massive marijuana flourishment. And Trump even gave Sessions a little slap on the wrist, <laughs> saying, "Hey, let's not pro- let's not prosecute states at the st- at the state level. Let's actually Did he really? decriminalize marijuana at the federal level, bitch." Thank you, Trump. I appreciate that. And uh, that's that could be good. So we have widespread marijuana acceptance mm-hmm. for recreational and medicinal. It's going to go federal. It is. That's good. We get. Uh, North Korea denuclearized. Mm-hmm. Uh, we befriend Russia. Everyone's friends, right? Imagine that's the new golden age. Everybody's friends. Mm-hmm. And we realize that the enemy is the loneliness of Earth and that we have to go into space. And only together, with everyone working together, can we establish colonies on the moon, Mars, etc. I completely that's, agree. That's my golden age vision. Dude, I love it. So in that in that golden age vision, what if we were to take our our um, our minds and open them to go how do we I, w- I, w- I I see connecting the cannabis boom of the Bay Area with the bike order warriors because it's already there it's already connected what if we set up canna can beer bike. bike tour canna bike it's a canna beer bike camp canna bike ear amp help me help me cannabis bike beer camp, camp. yeah cannabis bike beer camp so like i'm thinking we f- enter the world the advertising concepts. to the cannabis community as athlete, as bicycle athletes doing something athletic together that's also camping, that you also drink beer at in the appropriate hour. And we're not spring chickens, so no, we do self we do self medicate. Yeah. We use I use weed as a as a party drug on those trips probably once and that's when we arrive. Mm-hmm. But up until that point I'm using it medicinally just because yeah. there's pain from exercising. And there's also like will <laughs> like there's definitely when when the when you're coming yeah. home and it's windy and the sun's going down and you have a fucking 30 miles to go it's it does help the Wet. will to have the brain kind of wander <coughs> if you can't talk to one another right so that that's my thought that I'm, th- I'm thinking trip, that's what you're referring to <laughs> yes you knew i that's what i saw gosh we couldn't even talk to one another because the wind when watch that Wet episode wind yeah. Oh my god, that's a rough route, man. Anyway, we know we now have personal, non Googleable knowledge of the truth about how to bicycle camp in the Bay Area. That's the knowledge we have. And what I'm thinking about is we don't necessarily charge money for this. What if we go, we, we obviously would have to do a Facebook <laughs> group for this or something like that. Because what I want to do is sell tickets. The tickets are, I would say, they have to start Telegram. free. And with the fr- but the free is you you agree to a contract, and this is the contract. Contract is something like instead of necessarily having to pay money to come on the trip, 
we ask that the value you get out of it, you you equally put back into it to make the organization more sustainable. So whether that be you have a link to a Twitter account with 30,000 followers and you share us in some special way and then that's your contribution to the group, then peeling that's what it is. Peeling potatoes for an hour a day. If, if, if it's like skinning rabbits or like... The thing is, I want to keep it open to how one could contribute to help, it, to help it be more Human sustainable. Sacrifice. I wouldn't yeah. put that at the top of the brochure. <laughs> right. Whatever yeah. you want to contribute. Skinning rabbits? <laughs> yeah, Digging a little train? Yeah, sure. Go ahead. <laughs> Have you been waiting for a place to skin rabbits? Finally. <laughs> so, okay, we'll back Final that off a little bit. I think that's a good idea. Isn't that a cool idea? a cool idea? But I want to advertise to the cannabis community at, because we medicate before, during, and after. I mean, it's like... To the communities that we advocate, like cannabis, biking. And we can demonstrate safe <sighs> cannabis cycling, too, which we have for years, for years. So it's like we can dem- it's like we, we can not only help the image of cannabis to show that we're not drunk on cannabis. It's different. We, can, we have our faculties physically. Like ath- I mean, right. I would love to smoke and play basketball. That sounds like a lot of fun. What are the laws for mm. biking and? There aren't any yet. Can't you be cited for like biking while drunk? Yes. Well, intoxicated. I think intoxicated. Can't measure can, intoxication. Can, can, so is there a BUI for any other kind of nar- or not narcotic? You don't I've know. only it's I've only heard of a friend of mine in back in Massachusetts who who knew someone who was pulled over on a bike for being high. Uh, what? And really? They, and they got a DUI. Uh, a DUI. Were they riding like a weirdo? <laughs> yes. He was, he was <laughs> but they weren't drunk. It was in a swimming pool. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but they said, um, <laughs> yeah, so that's the thing. You can actually get cited, at least in Massachusetts, you can. You for can, that. If you were, I think. But if, if it's you decriminalized, they, I mean, isn't there a breathalyzer for weed now? Supposedly that's coming, but it's very expensive. And it won't be that ac- it won't be that accurate. So it's like not it's coming, but not yet. It's going to be a while. I seriously think we need to have driver tests where we take new smokers and we take seasoned smokers and we t- large scale tests. I mean, tens of thousands of people on tracks to see if it's actually safe. Like you could get a card saying I'm a can of sm- a can of driver because your safety actually goes up in people who are regular cannabis users when they drive in many clinical studies. I think we should do more studies to make sure it's right. Makes sense. Bigger studies with the bigger best, groups of people. The best studies. The best. I want the best huge, studies done. Huge studies. Huge. Huge. Uh, and then I think we should realize that it actually will increase safety in driving in some, if not most, situations. As we prepare for self-driving cars. Yeah. And self-flying pods, man. I want the point-to-point drone by Lyft. The new lift that land in the backyard or the driveway or the street in front. You step in, the pod goes up, goes in yeah. a straight I line. I think that'll happen. It's just it's just a matter of, of regulation. It's going to be such a son of a bitch on that one. We're going to have to automate Because roads are already regulated. It's mm-hmm. already very simple. We're going to have to automate regulation. That's the only possible option. It'll be like you have a directional <laughs> altitude, and it'll be a spiral. And so the federal government is just an AI program. Well, no, I'm talking about point-to-point drone delivery in the Bay Area for humans right, and right, cargo. Right. I think what it's going to be is you'll have a specific directional altitude. So if you're going to go, give me a compass. I heading. see. I know what you mean. 
North, south, you might be. No, give me a dr- number heading, a direct number heading. Uh, 90 S- degrees. 90 degrees. So you're at 90. You're going to be at 3,110 right, feet. Right, right. I understand the concept. Okay, yeah. Yeah. So that's And it. if every if, if every uh, aircraft has is registered with a certain profile, or silhouette, I guess they call it, what's your silhouette height? Then you can just have very close uh, lanes for each direction. Just like in Back to the Future. Because they would want to do that to optimize fuel. You know, it would all be it mm-hmm. would all be super optimized. That's what's funny about the Back to the Future thing. So they had traffic in the sky, and it was like, you <laughs> missed the point. You mi- how do you manage? That's, that's the future we want to avoid. Yeah, we don't want to be driving around in the sky. We want to we want to have automated vehicles figured out before that point. Traffic is one of the major human congestion points of our time. Like. You ask anybody, traffic traffic is a nightmare oh, in their dude. life. More deaths per day than guns. And where's everyone the, hates the, it. Where's the car protest? It makes us fight each other, and it's pointless. Why are we screaming? I don't want to, fuck you, you cut me off. It's like, we're all, it sucks for everyone. You know, I was thinking about that the other day. The uh, I was starting to think about situations where there's a high risk with zero or the low reward. Okay, I like this. Is this like solar roadways? <laughs> and uh, <laughs> well, think about traffic. Think about like cutting people off and accelerating, doing weird, you know, just trying to get ahead in traffic. Super aggro. Uh, well, thanks, bro. The risk is the risk is super high, and the payoff is like almost nil. It's like seconds, if that. You got any other things on that list? It's hard to come up with something that's that stark of a difference. Hmm. You could say unprotected sex with, uh, you know, a wood chipper. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you don't have your iron condom on. That's also. I'm pretty sure they have warning labels on those. <laughs> <laughs> Do not have sex with a wood chipper. For small Even logs. with a condom. For small logs. Even only. with a condom. <laughs> don't, don't put your big old American log in there. Low risk, high reward, or high risk, zero reward. Which do you sh- which do you choose? High risk, zero reward. I want to like um, eating a Tide Pod. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> right, right. No, there's a reward. You get social reward. You get your friends fractional like reward it. Or taste or something. Tastes good for a second. Should we blame Jackass for for hurting themselves on camera and making that you get popular no, by doing my, that? No, it's like my point is that we, that's part of our nature. To pursue things that are super risky, oh. with, with that, that that seem like they have no upside at all. Absolutely, like we're crazy. Yeah, and uh, only through that craziness do we actually ev- eventually evolve and learn shit, and somehow keep keep surviving. Yeah, you know, we need the edge cases, we need the mega geniuses just as much as we need the complete morons. But you don't want everyone to be a moron. You want most no. people to learn from the moron after yes. eating but a Tide Pod. But let the moron live their life. And I don't <laughs> think the, ge- the if the moron they can be in the swamp in Louisiana, just like picking their nose and farting underwater, and la- and then they can just have a good time. If you eradicate course, the morons, you eradicate you. the geniuses. That's the thing. You need both for that's the cycle the, to that's continue. The, that's the truth of the curve. Do you remember people saying in the past few years, like, "Oh no, they're worried. All these dumb people." 
are fucking and creating huge hordes of dumb people babies and they're filling central and northern California just to the brim of just like never oops I I've never heard it put that like Jerry Springer explosion I've heard people say that like like oh man so many of these quote dumb people are breeding like crazy we gotta get these smarty pants breeding but of course the more education you have the less children you have right and some might say that there's like even maybe a, dr a direct relationship between like either access to or given innately intellect or like IQ or something that would lead to less children or children later. Something like that. Hmm. Seems like the idea would be to try to be super smart and have as many kids as you that sounds cool from a smart guy perspective because, Aubrey, I think you're a smart, smart guy. guy. But just in general, that would be a good thought. Like, that would be a good way to approach life. Well, like, you, you have you the three. Your three are magic. What do you mean? You know, your three. Scientific method. Free speech. Golden, golden rule. rule. Mm -hmm. It's a pretty good starting point. Yeah. If you were to establish a new civilization and you only had ten words to give them on a slab of, of you know, stone. Free speech, scientific method, golden rule. That's pretty good. Yeah, I like that. Would you want to colonize Mars? If you could go to Mars. Yeah, are you ready to go, go to Mars? Me personally? Yeah. yeah. Oh, hell no. The ship's going soon. <laughs> I like long showers. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you were in the military a long time, right? Four years. Four years. So, yeah, it's a long time. Can you can you tell long us a little bit long about... Long showers is a whole... Uh, that's a whole no, topic. I, that's a whole I world. I did not take long showers in the military. Can you <laughs> tell us time. a little bit about the military experience? Like, what was it like signing up? I know you can't sell everything, and I know I don't want to get you any kind of trouble... But I want to give you an opportunity to maybe voice some things that are worth sharing. I, I don't know. I mean, most men in my family have been in the military, mostly drafted for some reason. Vietnam, Vietnam. World War II. Was your dad in Vietnam? Uh, my stepdad served in Vietnam, yeah. My father Where was, was he? World War II. Uh, he was around, ho well, Saigon. What year was he over there? Uh, Mid-60s, right? Before the before offensive, before it got, re but, you know, they were bombed they were there all since the time. Like 50. Yeah, it was like very early 60s, I think, when they started sending U.S. The troops first, over there. I think it was, I just listened to a thing. Like, yeah. I thought it was late 50s. Yeah, 50-something, 58. Crazy. Uh, we're just like afraid us of in communism. Afghanistan now, yeah. same deal. We're afraid of communism, but it's like, it's a weird, anyway, I want to ask you about. Well, no, I actually don't mind. I, I just found out recently, my, I knew my dad was in Vietnam. But he never really talked about it. And he always played it like he was sort of like Radar O'Reilly, like the base clerk, right. you know, an admin kind of person. It's a MASH reference. <coughs> That's what everyone says about their dads in the military. They were Radar. <laughs> but they were just, I just was off the side mostly, just kind of pushing buttons. They really didn't I do But that's what we're told because I don't think they want to talk about what Most happened. Most of the guys who were in had serious stuff probably don't talk about it. Right. Yeah, good point. My, so, but my dad, he was in the Air Force, so he wasn't like in, in with a you know, an M16 in the mud. Right. But he volunteered. It was the thing to do. You're young and you're dumb. You're like 18, 19, and you got extra pay if you volunteer for certain duties. And what he volunteered to be was a flare kicker. 
Now, I don't know if you know what those are, but those are like small twin prop cargo planes that have these giant phosphorus canisters. And, you know, because it's dark in the jungle surrounding the city, if they think there's enemy activity, they send this little unarmed plane to fly over that area and kick out flares to illuminate the area so that our troops can engage them. But you're basically in this tin can flying over enemy troops. There's no windows in it or anything. Unarmed. And, and you're unarmed, and your job is to fly right over the enemy and you know illuminate the area and then hopefully get back. And sometimes they would get shot down and would have to like you know go ten, 10 miles through the dark jungle to get back to base. It's like, can oh. you imagine the fear of being, you know, you get on that no. plane, you don't know what's going on, you get a signal to do what you're supposed to do, and ping, ping, you see bullets going through the fuselage. I mean, that's got to, like, mess with your, your, your head. Yeah, and no, I, it's new, le- new levels of fear. Yeah, and, and he did let me know that he only did that as long as he had to once he volunteered right. and realized yeah. it wasn't worth the extra 20 bucks a week or whatever they got back then for hazardous duty pay. Fuck. I imagine, you know, it's one thing have a dog come at you right that's like that's the that's the extent of the threat on my life that i've experienced but to have another you know human thinking breathing you know person with the past history and all this stuff hunt you and want to kill you that's that's gotta fuck with your head big time yeah did Uh, you did you fly planes in the gulf war no, I, I, I served in intelligence, which was just like... Um, intelligence? Eh, it's not as exciting as it sounds. But, you know, when, when they're about to go on a mission, the guy who gets up and says these are the defenses they have in the area. Um, but I was pretty safe back on a base the whole time. We, uh, we have a saying in the Air Force, we're smart. We send the officers out to fight because all the pilots are, you know, officers and the enlisted stay back on base. Hmm. Wow. So you didn't see much physical hand. You didn't like punch any I did terrorists not. in the face nope, or anything. Nope, I did not. Was I there any kind of musical? Was there like a band? Like a absolutely, yeah. absolutely. Wait, a lot of participate? actually very talented people. Like um, was it Waylon Jennings, Johnny Cash, mm. Jimi Hendrix? There's a lot of talented people in the military, and they do have like a music yeah, program. Yeah. Did um, you participate in any of that stuff? Yeah, doing? yeah. We did cool. a talent show on the base, and I played in the house band. It was hard. It was hard? <laughs> yeah, because it's such a variety of people, and someone wants to go up and sing a Michael Jackson song, <clears throat> and you've got this ragtag crew of part-time musicians, you know, like a guitar player who only knows how to play R&B and a drummer who only really knows how to play hard rock, and mm. you're trying to switch gears between these songs to back people up. It was, it was challenging. It was fun. You have to do that. The military takes, like, morale very seriously unlike a lot of organizations. So they spend a lot of time and effort with those programs. Yeah. Interesting. It's like the it's like the honorable bureaucracy. Being in the military. That's, yeah. that's where um, bureaucracy started was mm-hmm. in fact at West Point. That makes there's sense. something there's, there's something admirable and re- uh, to be respected about just the 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 routine, the you know, getting shit done and like being there, the the brotherhood loyalty thing team yeah t- I, like on a b- being on a sports team but it's like life and death right it's like your nation's sports team mm-hmm. did you feel like that were you like america <laughs> no um 
<laughs> I, you know, there are moments. I mean, the military, the Air Force is pretty extraordinary, and I got to work with F-16s and F-16 pilots and B-52 air crews, and these are amazing people who are like some of the smartest people I've ever met. And, I, you know, I worked at UC Berkeley with professors, but these people are quite extraordinary to go out there and put their life on the line, and the F-16 pilots in particular you know, they're the only one in it. They're flying it. They're handling all communications, the targeting, defenses, navigation, and they're doing it flying 150 feet off the ground at almost 600 miles per hour. That's and it's just extraordinary. Shit. So it's hard not to, you know, kind of get a woody, as they say, over shit like that. Dude, I am overall a pacifist, but we have nice toys. Dude, I'm, we have made some of the coolest shit. Like, oh, yeah. our fighter jets, <laughs> whatever they mean symbolically, I just look at them technically. I love oh watching I love watching those videos. Of like oh, they kick so American much ass. military badassness. Yeah, like, I love it. I, I don't know if that makes me a bad person. or. It just, it's amazing It's just ingenuity. fucking like, okay. At least my taxes are going towards <laughs> some, <laughs> right. something that's entertaining. Cool. At least it's entertaining. <laughs> yeah. Hopefully, it's keeping us safe too. Yeah. Fuck. And we get t- we can take that energy and those good people. And a lot of our big military budget is going to pay old Cold War debts and weird old places. Yeah. Most of it's going to that. I think we could pull scale a lot of that back, and we could focus the energy back in on the country for a while, rebuilding infrastructure. Like give. The military make um, like make America cool again. Let the military come here and employ them and empower them to make this place better. Yeah. That's what I would want to do because it's an amazing we, force, with we great people. For so long, wanted to not. We were non-interventionary uh, or whatever you call it. We were wanted to be neutral. We wanted to be like Switzerland. We're neutral. Yeah. And then we had too much money. Whatever things got out of hand. We realized <laughs> it worked to act differently. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> If everyone could be friends, I know mm. that's completely naive. World peace, man. But it's like we've just been in bed with Russia for so long. The the stalemate has to break, you know. And we we have more interests in common than we do not. Always. And pretty much now we know pretty much everyone on the world has the same interests. Uh, so... Maybe war is just a thing of the past. There'll be little skirmishes, you know, drone attacks and shit. But there's not going to be, like, millions and millions of people walking into the shredder. Yeah. Sheesh. You know, with the possibility of of North Korea cooling off and the stuff with Russia cooling off, I mean, Syria's still under a shit pile. But... With those big things cooling off at the same time, that's like, that feels pretty good. If you look at it that way, and I'm choosing to look at it that way. Yes. It's a very interesting thing. We could have Trump get the Nobel Peace Prize be and be impeached. That'd be fucking something. If he actually earns the Peace Prize, I'm happy for him to have it. If that, ha- I mean, that's a big deal about the Koreas, for damn sure. Holy shit, yeah. man. But it's I still it's worry been about an intractable problem. Forever. Well, is Israel next? Solve the Israel problem. <laughs> yeah. If, he saw, if in his first term he calms down North Korea and the Palestinian-Israel border, he he's going to be reelected. He already moved the embassy to Jerusalem. He's going to be reelected by people who vote for him. That's yeah, I crazy. Know. I don't know, man. But it seems like it seems like he's got the negotiating talent, regardless of whatever else he does or doesn't have. He definitely has the negotiation talent to, like, 
do these fucking literally world-changing deals. His whole life is deal-making. Uh, honestly, it always I, has been. I don't, I don't think he had anything to do with the Koreas. I, I think they were Pompeo. just ready to do that for a while, and I think fact the, f- the fact that they were probably scared of what stupid shit Trump might do, they thought, all right, maybe it's time to end this. That explains because we have a treaty with that South Korea. Too. We have a treaty. We have for we're still technically at war with North Korea, and North Korea's army is twice as big as South Korea's. If they got into a war, it would be bad for everybody. But it would certainly be bad for Americans. Very bad for South age. So I still haven't processed that stuff about Korea because if that's true, that is freaking huge. That's worth having a party of the century over. Yep. Um, but let's the see what happens The last antagonist first. on Earth. But I wouldn't jump to give Donald Trump credit for it. I, I, sure, sure. I think it was more situationally he gets credit for it because. Let me just say that. Come a little closer in. The the golden age. I mean, I don't know who's responsible for it, but does seem like it might be obtaining. I think many people are responsible for it. Might have great education and the economy's great. Uh, everything that you know people want is happening. Uh, is Could the be. economy great? Most Isn't people it? I know are struggling as hell. And it's nothing like it was for my parents where my dad could work and my mom could be a stay-at-home mom. My grandpa who was a right. truck driver would get a retirement. I'm not trying to be contentious. No, but, but no, 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 it's good. Contentious like the is stock, good. The stock good. market is doing okay, and the rich people are doing freaking great. Well, I just, I just mean unemployment's like it's at a, it's at like an 18 year low for women, yeah, women's but, unemployment. But they're part time jobs with no benefits. Okay. All right. Did Drew okay. tell you I work for a labor union? That's true. Okay. No, I get it. No, but, it's but, true. But You're no, both I, I right. Think, I, think, I, I think for some areas it's working, and the economy has been recovering and everything, but I think for the average person that I run into, you probably know some of our, our members, you know, things have just been stagnating forever. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, I, part of it's the fall of unionism, but I literally remember my grandpa, who just drew, drove a long-haul truck, was able to buy a little <laughs> modest house, my, my was able to send his well. kids to college and had a retirement when he... Now truck drivers are all independent contractors. Right. Every time right. gas goes up, they got to eat it. Stand by. We had a meltdown. Pause the story. I'm gonna do a quick restart. Did I break it? No, Did reset I broke the it. internet. Yeah, Something happened. I got here. too political. Just make sure. No. <laughs> right. Yeah. The NSA shut it down. They were listening in. We mentioned. Uh, hot button, hot button topics. Hot, uh-oh, they're getting serious. That's what it was. Censor them. Listen. I just work here in a second. Do you want me to reset the internet? Not yet. Not yet. Oh, wait. Do you want to go pee? Yeah. Go pee. Yeah, is it a good time? Yeah. You can pee inside or outside. Sometimes it's fun to pee outside, but it's up to you. On your strat? No. <laughs> Just down where he's peeing. This is cool. I'm having fun. Yeah. I'm learning how headphones work and yeah. pop filters. You know, it's so the sound sucks so much more without the pop filters. Pee. I guess I'll pee too. Hold on, it's hard to pee.
reset. Five, four, three. And we're back. Welcome back to the show, ladies and gentlemen. You're now entering to the second part of the podcast for Empathy and Imagination. Switcher took a dump on the internet and that just fucked everything up, so we uh, just took a quick break there. So now we're back and we're live with Neil... We have covered several amazing topics. We have a few more topics to go. Holy cow, we've broken a lot of ground here. First of all, I'd like to thank Final Corp for I all of its fine work uh, that it's um, it's that's brought to us today. That's very fine of you. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I'm glad that you brought them up. I would also would like to thank Final Corp. Yeah, integral they, part. They have such. Uh, here's a list of some of their products: uh, Anger Up pills. You can take these pills. And become more angry. If ever you wanted to become more angry, Final Corp has a solution for you. Yeah. Also. You've, yeah. Of course, you've needed to be more angry. Wouldn't it be great if you could just take a pill and become more angry? We all should be so lucky and so much more angry. <sighs> so much also, more angry. Also, Final Corp's food lube. Now, this is something that we all need. You ever like had some nachos and the texture of the chips isn't going down right? Oh, you gotta lube that up. Lube your food. Lube up the points of your triangular nacho chips with food lube oh. by Final Corp. Wow, this is, is it, important. Is it mayonnaise based? It is mayonnaise. based. Ah, I knew it. I it knew it so would it's be not vegan. <laughs> it's not well. Vegan. It is no, not vegan. it's not vegan. It's vegetarian. Vegan food lube. Well, vegan Final, food Final lube. Corp That's has a good vegan idea. Food lube too. That's a great idea. Yeah, Final Corp. They have that. They have vegan food lube. But so, uh, <laughs> food lube is really good because you know when I'm eating hard or spicy or, or difficult food, I'm always thinking, man, I wish there was something something I could put on this. Don't you wish in. there was a way to have it slide in easier? Oh. Yes. When you're too the tired to chew, yes. you, you just exactly. had a long day and the chewing. <laughs> like ice that. cream. You can make any food into ice cream. You don't even have to swallow. You, you just, just relax like your slide jaw down. and it just, just just relax your jaw. Oh. Like this. <laughs> just scoop out a big, a big, you know, half a cup of mayonnaise mm. and then ro in. roll it into some food lube. Yeah. You don't even have to swallow that mayonnaise. You can just let it roll down your gullet. Yeah. Cool. Also... <laughs> uh, girlfriend canceling headphones. Um, boyfriend and boyfriend canceling headphones. Well, the girlfriend too. canceling the headphones are actually illegal in a few counties. So if you're listening in certain counties, you actually can't buy the girlfriend canceling headphones. But you can buy the boyfriend canceling headphones right. in those counties. Also, Final Corp offers uh, in acupuncture. Uh, it's a version of acupuncture that is wildly inaccurate. Mm, so kind of poke randomly. Oh. Random poking be another way to say it okay that's uh, awesome thank you final corp extreme yoga um aerosol driven dust sprayers that's another one of their products 
Whoa, 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 whoa. You know, when you're trying to set a scene when you're a photographer and you just don't have the dust just right, or say you've got years of dust piling up, but you need a new exciting layer. Or you're too diligent about dusting your yeah. apartment. If you're over dusting and you figured out you're ready to dust again, but there's you nothing to dust. You want to be dust. You want to be au courant. You want to have dust on the tops of your bookshelves. At least a little. Because that way you can brush off the dust that's not on certain volumes, right? Oh, I was just reading Nietzsche. That's why there's no dust on that one. Oh, Courant. So, Final Corpse aerosol-based dust sprayer. I like to use that when I'm having a really frantic panic time at home and I've already dusted everything. And say there was some other dust in the picture. I like to use the Final Corp dust sprayer so that I can dust again when I've just dusted. Because then I get better at dusting! Good for the OCD. Yeah. Yeah. Wow, thanks, so, Final Corp. Thanks, so, Final Corp. Thank yeah, you. I appreciate those fine new products. And, uh, you know, let's just say uh, I really appreciate it. And uh, we'll run. do we have the ad copy to run? Or? Uh, no, that was it. Okay, Final great. Corp is so inept, they did not even send this okay. ad copy this cool. week. So it is. If you, if anyone uh, out there listening wants to call in, maybe give your opinion on World War II, Vietnam, military service, gardening, colonizing Mars, colonizing the moon, uh, cannabis, anything that we've tours. talked about, please call in. What's that number? Number is five one zero eight five nine four one seven three. That's 510-859-4173. Podcast for empathy and imagination. All right. Let's do, let's do a quick garden update. And then I want to ask Neil some more really personal and embarrassing questions. Okay. <laughs> Here we go. Check it. So that was a little clip from the Drew Clark's Everything vlog. And that was part of the garden update. So the rabbits are pawing the food out of the feeder into their poop. Really, like a lot of it. Like way more than they're eating. They're trying to cover up their poop? They're trying to compost their own poop? I think they just have the urge to dig or they're just trying to be assholes and waste all their food. No, they're trying to cover up their own poop. Yeah, that would make some sense, but that every not, animal wants to do that. It's not helping because there ain't no poop there, and you uh, need to give them that. The food you need away. to give them a way to do that. I know. So what I do is I bring them out and I put to. them in the chicken run, and they run around and dig and scratch and jump and play, and they like that. That's good. They get they get outside in time, you know. Do you have like a valve fence that allows the, you know, chickens, then rabbits, but the rabbits can't. They can they can. Go into the chicken part, but the chickens can't access that part. Well, that'd be cool. I like. I see that elaborate set of tubes and tunnels. I can picture it, and no, I it'd like be it. One, it'd be one door. Be one well, valve. The only the only thing there is that they don't need to be separated, and that they in fact 
Oh, they okay. Yeah, they're very they're fine entertaining. Hanging out together. Yeah, the rabbits chase the chickens around. Done. And that's what's up. Yeah, the rabbits push the chickens out For of the way. For some reason, I thought they food. would attack each other. No, they're totally cool. <clears throat> Great. Yeah, so the garden update is like the the chickens and rabbits run and play together. Um, there, I need something. Can you play something dark and low and slow, like a little pe- something creepy? Mm-hmm. I have to tell so a sad little tale. Maybe about five. So, yeah, we're gonna we're gonna set the stage here, ladies, gentlemen, and otherwise, to tell you something that was a shock to me, and yet I feel is important to do as we as we move forward in uh, truth and sharing all the things dark and light, because you know the the Facebook picture is is always that everything's so perfect. But you know, it really, it really isn't. So I'm gonna sadly report a sh- gross and scary, shocking thing. So, hey, if you got little kids around or anything like that, <coughs> probably wanna send them away. I'll give you a couple of seconds to do that. Should I go outside? Yeah. <laughs> oh. So. I didn't know that one of our young girls was pregnant and she gave birth to a single baby bunny in the cage with the other two bunnies and when I learned that she had already eaten part of it. How, how How do we not tell that they're pregnant? How does that? Just there's so no physical. There's blobby. no physical difference on the outside. They're they so look, blobby and yeah, it's just so much fur you can't really tell. God damn! And she was so hungry for protein. No, she <laughs> she was afraid of what happens with rabbits is if they have give birth near a male or any other kind of fret that they think they will eat their own rabbits instead of giving that nutrition away to something else. So in a weird, gross way. Sacrifice. It was, it was like, it may have been born, stillborn, because she was a very young rabbit, which is like doubly unfortunate. But as soon as I saw that, I was like, oh my fucking God, she's fucking eating her own baby. Okay. Wow. So I immediately got her a separate space with a little nest in case she had more coming and just freaked out. But she had like, going to pop out more. Yeah. I got her own little spot and set her up with a little nest, and there was nothing else. She just had the one, as far as I can tell, unless wow. she ate a bunch. Of, like I don't know. Huh. But the weird thing is, in this sad story, there's some there's some weird zero loss silver lining. Like the loss is all emotional, because every drop of calories of food that went into it was retaken back in and wow what a dark if garden that, update if that rabbit had existed in the in the wild who knows oh that happened it might have time. just died yeah so the human husbandry of the animal probably saved more lives than it actually well it has terminated it definitely has so we immediately are taking dark. steps to give them a different opportunity uh, and we we already have the awesome cages we're just figuring out if they're going to be on the ground or on a fence so yeah so I had to speak the truth about a dark 
garden update. That was some scary shit. And thank you all for listening and uh, letting me tell that story so I don't have to carry it by myself. I didn't immediately tell my wife because we were doing the brew like seconds before the brew guys were coming over. I was like watching her chomp this fucking pink little thing. And I was like, oh, my. You didn't want to just say that right away. Right. Before the get together. So I I just I set it up so she could have her own space in case she was going to give more birth. And I went and brewed uh, Pliny the Elder clone on 420 and, you know. I feel bad about it. Good. Yeah, feel bad about it. But that's the that's it's the like saddest garden update ever. So uh, if you would just help me by pausing that music and singing it out with me, sure. So we can close that. Here's some kind of bell or a ding or something, and move on. Garden update. Okay, and we're back. So we were asking you earlier. Um, about a little bit about military and what you were willing and possible to share. Like I wanted to get, you started to tell about your dad a little bit, but um, are you? What are you willing to share? What would be good for people to know about your experience in the Air Force and with the military and working for the government? I guess I'm, I'm curious about what you want to share. Uh, I guess if there's something that I would say is everyone I think assumes that everyone in the military is like right winger. You know, overwhelmingly support Republicans, and that's just not true. A lot of people in the military grew up in union households, you know, where their parents were Teamsters or whatever and supported JFK and people like that. (coughs) But particularly um, regarding the the fighter pilots, for example, these are not like bloodthirsty people, you know, like Greek or Spartan warriors who want to kill. Most of them it's kind of like, I really want to fly jets, and if you want to fly jets, you got to do it in the military. You know, mm-hmm. not to say they don't do their job and put the bombs where needed they need to go, but I think that there's this. Maybe it's more so in the Marine Corps, but a lot of people in the military are not bloodthirsty people who want to go to war and support whatever president's going to do that. In fact, a lot of them were like, "Why the hell are we in Desert Storm? Why are we trying to liberate this country, Kuwait, that's not even a democracy?" You get a lot of questions like that, and history kind of buries all the mutinies and things that happened in Vietnam mm. and at the end of World War II. Mutinies? I guess, essentially, yeah. I mean, in, in Vietnam, officers were fragged, were killed, basically, mm. you know, by the troops. who were, like, sick of having some college boy trying to bolster his resume by taking an impossible hill, and they would say, well, we could have an accident. There is a lot of mutiny. In the end of World War II, there was talk mm. about extending the war to China, and a lot of the troops who had just fought a brutal war against we Japan lost in the Pacific one. were like, oh, hell no. And we like, yeah, we would have lost that. Right. But, we you know, we were on a roll. I, but there's a lot of, you know, they, you don't hear about them in the books that much. So yeah. I, guess my, I guess my point is, um, I, I think I, because I'm very liberal, and I think a lot of people, you know, blow off liberals as we're all granola-eating hippies. And I would say that is not true. Like I said, most of the men in my family have served in the military, and... I wouldn't call them bleeding heart liberals. They certainly don't like what's going on right now. Hmm. I'm I'm left to Bernie. Wow, that's good. That's that's what I like to say. Cause left to Bernie, I think, was the last phrase that hit before we had another uh, broadcast error. Fifteen minutes into our show, damn it! I'm for full uh, drug legalization, all drugs. 
Yeah, keep the, going. The NSA again cut us off. Yeah. Shit. Abortion. We said the He's wrong thing. Bernie. Abortion. Cute. There's Abortion this. should be should be decided by women. Yeah. Talking to Rebecca, she's going through birth, you know, uh, pregnancy. It's like I have no. That world is is just closed off. There's a doorway. It's sealed. Well, it's not and, sealed. And, and men men can never get past that. They're in their own experience they can never know what it is to experience that to be a mother yeah yeah so i was trying to empathize but i was like i just have no idea yeah you've or you've passed the threshold you are now in a shamanic world of miracles i have <laughs> yeah, i'm i'm just on this side like uh, yeah so, uh, it sucks but that's great <laughs> it uh, sucks you but know? that's great like it's it's one of the true miracles of uh of human life and women are the only ones who experience it so they should have the most say in terms of abortion law i agree like we're probably allowed something like a 20 to 30 percent voice in the conversation but that's kind of you know in terms of policy i don't think we should have any, we should have zero votes zero but, uh, zero okay maybe you're right maybe we should have no say as men do you think we should have no say or 30 percent say or a hundred percent say. I've I've never heard it worded that way because I've always supported that. I mean, it is it's totally a woman's choice. I to me, it's just there shouldn't be a policy. It should be you know abortion and and prenatal care and education should be free and available to any woman who wants it with privacy. Yes. And whatever she needs to do with with just to her body. encourage the flourishing prostitution of human yeah. should be completely but if you're asking the question that way yeah i would say they should usher all those old men out of the room and let the women decide what the policies yeah. are going to be if any cuz they have skin in the game they have credibility they have the most to lose most skin in the game yeah. men have virtually none right you can impregnate a woman and just leave yeah, very easy to do. Uh, so that's why that's why women are so selective. Yes, they have to be. I got to. Is this guy gonna bail as soon as I'm as soon as we bang five times, or is he gonna help me raise this fucking human for the next twenty years? Right. So that's so why the whole what? like chance sexual encounter is so risky for women mm -hmm. and not for men. I think mm -hmm. that's why men are more attracted to it. Yeah. I think men will just do will just be men forever. Yeah, we're just saying it's available. That's all we're saying. We're saying it's always available Again, if you want to do that. When when we lived in caves and hunted on the steppe, we're our minds are still at that point. We're just we're just in a new reality, but basically our minds and our physiology is at that point. Which of being of being in the cave hunting on the step. We're still that person. Yeah, we are. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. We've been this person for a long time, and only now, of course, this is just old rhetoric. But we lived so many lifetimes as a caveman on the step, and the the fact that we have a live stream vlog cast <laughs> so many few years later is like, what the fuck so 
Yeah, we. I think we we're we're cave people thrust into a mature society, and uh, we're working it out. You know, we're trying to figure it out. We're not trying to have empathy for people. Try to use nonviolent communication when possible. And uh, I think that is a cradle for imagination, which is why <coughs> empathy and imagination, I think, make a lot of sense together. When I tell people about the title, they're like, oh, that sounds great. Mm. Those words are great. You know, those words sound great together. That's Every kind yeah. of the point. That's kind of the universal response. So empathyandimagination.com. That's it. That's it. Yeah. I feel like there's so much more we could talk about. We should have you back on, Neil. Yeah. I had a great time. Well, sure. what can we? Um, it's been almost a combined hour fifty now. Well, what do we? What can we say about you? What would you like to summarize to say to the people? And and what might? How would you like to reach out to people? Any what would advice? you might ask them to do? Any yeah. Advice for the masses. I kind of I kind of like that meme that's going around um, that says you know about being nice to everyone because you just never know what kind of shit they're going through. I, I think everyone could just try a little bit harder to imagine that maybe the person who's kind of being grumpy to you while you get your Big Mac maybe just had a really shitty day or just got yeah. told they have to work a second shift and you know. Usually has nothing to do with you right, ordering your Big Mac. But we all are so conditioned to take it personally or feel disrespected when, in fact, everyone's got their own shit going on. Yeah. Hell yeah. <coughs> Will that work? Anything else there? No. How can people find you? Where would you like people to find you? Um... Well, I would say if you want to be part of this community in, in Crockett and you're in the neighborhood, or even if you're not, come to Toots Tavern. Friday and Saturday nights, they've got great, great live music, Sometimes great Sundays local bands. Too. Sundays, they have bands too. Thursday nights, they have blues jam. And second Monday of the month, they have an open mic. And if you want to come down and read a poem or read an excerpt from something you really like or sing a song, you ought to come down and do it because it's friendly people and you will sound good. I like that. Friendly people and you'll sound good. If you make a mistake, no one's going to jump up your ass or down your throat. No. Like we don't have a heckle heckler problem either. Yeah. I give them that look. Yeah, there aren't hecklers. Oh, that's <laughs> the thing. Yeah, you go. That, is that a city thing, hecklers? Y you know, open mics can be very intimidating. If you go into, like, you know, into the hate in the city in some places, it's a lot of people, a lot of people sound who know each me. other. Right, and they played on... You know, American Music Club records, and you know they're, and it's hard to get signed up. Here, yeah. it's you know, there's no favoritism. First come, first serve. Sign up, you'll get up, and you'll get your five or ten minutes. I'm not sure yeah. what it is. It is like uh, nervousness, uh, like practice get getting over nervousness. Hmm. For me, it's getting out of the comfort zone. Even though I'm not comfortable with it, I, it's. As a songwriter, I should be able to sing a song I wrote, right? And feel somewhat comfortable about it. So, mm. well, and anyone, should. and it's good for anyone. It oh, did we get a call here? All right. Sh should, is, should is weird. Hello? You're on the air. Hello? Empathy and Imagination. Oh, cool. Hey, who's this? This is Claire. Hey, Claire. Welcome back to the show. How are you doing? Good. I'm doing good. How are you guys? Good. I'm doing great. We're having a good time here with Neil. 
What? Uh, why, why are we so lucky to have you join us today? Oh, thanks. Thanks for having me. Did you have some comments or questions? Well, um, I I think it was offline for a minute, so I don't know where you guys are at. In yeah, the we're show. sort of offline now, actually. <laughs> but we're recording. Oh, okay. It's a, uh, you know, oh, but you're it's this fun switcher time. Cool. So um, I'm calling per request, and I don't know what you guys are talking about right now, and I don't want to interrupt an interview. Well, so why don't you go ahead? Maybe and if you guys... Uh, you know, but you call. You had something in your heart when you called, and I think we can teleport back into time. What was your thought? Well, um, I guess I really enjoy listening to your show, and um, I don't know. I just you know want to be part of the experience. I guess. Okay. Well, I appreciate that. That sounds very genuine. Yes, I think I get nervous when I call. So. Oh. Huh. I don't want to be high maintenance, but Only you guys natural. can ask me a question, me a question, okay. and then, like, that I can like, what are you guys talking about right now? Well, right now we were talking about, um, well, what were we talking about? We were talking about the cycle of life and the magical miracle of uh, childbirth. Well, yeah, that was a couple times, and we ago, we yeah, had some political fallout from there. Mm-hmm. Talking about various political, political fallout. Yeah, I have a general question for Claire. Th- thank you. Okay, okay. here we go. I, I I was wondering. I, at first, I thought this podcast was imagination and creativity, which kind of the same thing. But one We're thing, not I, that one good. thing I know, but, <laughs> but really, but one thing I really like about art and like movies and stuff is it can make you feel something. It can make you feel empathy if you get into the character. So I can think of a bunch of movies, but I was wondering, Claire, can you think of like a movie you saw that just opened your heart and changed your mind about some issue or event? Okay. Um, I can barely hear you, but I think I heard the question. Um, and that, who just asked me? Was that Neil? That's yes, Neil. Neil. Yeah, Neil, get Hi, up on Neil. the microphone, would you? Yes, so yes, I haven't sir. heard it, so I want to know more about Neil, but that was a good question. Um, is the question a movie that opened my heart? Yeah, or a novel or, or something that, that some artistic thing that made you think differently or made you feel something. Okay, well, I missed all of that, but I will, like, I don't know, I'm just getting... A piece of art that made you feel something? A piece of art that made you feel something. A piece of art or she, just a movie? A movie. Either one? Fine, yeah. Okay. She's on, spe- right, well, she's on speakerphone, so when we talk into the mics, even though we can hear ourselves... Nice. We <laughs> gotta can't. talk louder so she can hear us. Yes, and back off the yeah. mic and talk like that. Back off the mic a little. Hey, can you hear me? Yes. Well, okay. I will answer the question. Um, yes. So, a movie that really okay. I love the movie Secrets and Lies, as directed by Mike Lee. It's like um, great movie. From the 90- Have you seen it? Uh, yeah. He he writes. He does really stark kind of like working class British kind of stuff, right? Generally. Yeah. I just feel like it's about. Like when I watch it, I feel like I'm watching like my neighbors with British accents. But um, but it's like, it's like, it's mm-hmm. almost more surreal to be watching. So we're so used to watching movies with like rocket ships and crazy like people in shape and like fighting off bad guys. So watching a movie about, you know, like a middle-aged man like eating pancakes is almost like, not that that's what the movie's about, but um. 
No, but that movie really blew my socks off. And I think any Mike Lee movie, and they're all improvised. Like, he gives the actors a story, and they in- improvise it. Like, That's what cool. they think that actor... So there's no script. That's cool. There's just, like, he'll, he'll tell them, like, what the scene... And it's it's just an interesting movie, so... I don't know if you want me to tell you what the movie's about or... But that's a great movie. I think you're anything by Mike Lee. And it, it's Lee, like L-E-I-G-H, right? Something like that. That's right. Yeah. It, really good, stark stuff. Puts you in the shoes of yeah. people. Cool. Thanks for that cool answer. I appreciate that. It makes me want to have like a movie episode. Cause I, yeah. I mean, yeah. It would be cool if we did. Movie buff here. That's the thing we I, I try to do, and he also sometimes tries to do, is instead of saying should, you go, wouldn't it be cool if... Yeah, because wouldn't sure. it be cool if I I, I knew what your mo- what movies meant something to you all? Well, we hey. have to make sure that Claire's available for the movie episode, right? She yeah. we could ask her to if we give her <laughs> enough time in advance. She could probably make the time, right? So. Everyone pick a movie that moves. Well, okay, she, she, she just asked us yeah. a question right now. She was like, "Just start it off right now." We all also name a movie that sure. really speaks to us and had a change in our lives. Um, how about Neil? You go first. Oh, wow. Change your life. Mm-hmm. Um, um. Change your life. Uh, well, I mean, there, there's a ton of movies. I'm trying to think of the, the most a- appropriate one. <laughs> that's um, I, I, I say for me, I, you know, I work for labor unions and I'm big about unionism. And I think one of the first things was being very young and seeing the movie Norma Ray with Sally Field in it about a factory worker trying to unionize. And it's the same kind of thing. It's kind of similar to Mike Lee's sort of feeling. It's a gritty little mill town in the South. And you get to see how these people are really struggling and you can really feel like their emotions and why it's important to them. And I, that I think kind of changed my life. It helped me see that, that that's really important for a lot of people. Did cool. you see the movie when when you were working in like labor unions or before? Uh, I was I was young. I was like in, in high school, so it was before. So it surely planted the yeah. seed. Hmm. So yeah, art no, art that, art, I, I, art plants the seed for your your life trajectory almost, right? Fuck, that could almost be distilled into a into a cone, into a little haiku phrase. Something your guidance counselor should have told you about in high school. Wouldn't it be cool if... Okay, I'll go next. Um, <coughs> I hope I hope that... Um, I hope, Aubrey, that you don't think this is a cop-out. <laughs> <laughs> <sighs> and I can back it up so with a second. You can't preface it with that. Yeah. Now <laughs> you've, you've primed so me to think it's a cop-out. No, I'm you should, you should prime out. it with this is the this is the greatest idea I've ever had, Aubrey. Okay, this yeah. is the greatest idea. Holy shit! I've really? ever had. Oh Aubrey. my god! Nice. Yeah. What is it? So, Claire, can you still hear me? Yeah, I can hear you. Cool. Uh, but I mean, it's not great, but I, I'm concentrating. So. Thank you. Uh, when I watched Zeitgeist Addendum, the second movie, the second movie. My life changed. You're describing the past. Yes. When you when you in the past watched 
the second for the movie very first time Zeitgeist movie when it came out Zeitgeist Addendum when I watched that my life changed is I, that the documentary about 9-11 no that's the sequel to the documentary about 9-11 that's, that's what it's yes, related yes, yes, yes. to right well here's the thing your life changed okay it's about okay. 9-11 it's yeah, about yeah. the federal income and it's about federal, federal reserve federal yeah. reserve and uh gosh what's the third thing uh religion <laughs> changed my life I don't know what the fuck that's about I'm just kidding so no th- this is the prequel <laughs> to the movie that changed my life the prequel is about organized religion it, it basically goes like I don't think so right and it goes 9-11 and it's like I don't know but it looks fucking fishy and then it goes to the federal the federal reserve system and goes like look how it only goes one way yeah and uh that's the most compelling part of that movie. yeah okay there's th- there's some 9-11 stuff that is questionable I will say there's some stuff there that's questionable. The movie, that's the prequel to the movie that I, when I saw Zeitgeist Addendum, I was like, ah, that's, that's my new narrative of the future. I didn't have one before. When I saw that film, I was like, oh, this is how I can focus my ideas mm. and energy to, towards something I want. And I found a huge group of people around definite, the world wanting the same future. thing. future. Yeah, it was it was we had a story. We had a story to tell. And so that's all you need. And so we just people around the world, there's hundreds of thousands, potentially millions of people around the world in small groups that are moderately to low active are members of something called the Zeitgeist movement. And I've been a coordinator for the San Francisco chapter since 2011. Since I saw that film. So that that's a documentary that it took the, th- the three ideas from the prequel, the movie Zeitgeist, and it gave a potential alternative that is based on the scientific method. And it wasn't perfect, but it, 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 it's, a, it's a toss in the pond. It's at least somebody going like, all right, well, what's the coolest thing I can think of? Let's make a bunch of examples of that. And that person was Jacques Fresco and Roxanne Meadows. And they developed something called the Venus Project. And the Venus Project is a way of building a resource-based economy on a circular city scale that would meet all of the needs of the people living in the city. And it would be fully automated to the fact that you wouldn't need trash men. There would be trash tubes built into the infrastructure. And it would grow its own food and make its own power and teach its own student. You know, it basically would be a community that would, the the work that would be required would be very minimal and voluntary. And what people would mostly do is try to better themselves and each other. So that's kind of the rough cut of the Venus Project. The Zeitgeist Movement and the Venus Project merged to make this film called Zeitgeist Addendum. And they have this example, although imperfect, an excellent toss in the pond of a direction to face. And a lot of people got on board and still are. So, yeah, that that's my movie choice which changed my life the most. I mean, it's still to this day, my Facebook name is Drew mm-hmm. TZM Clark, which stands for the Zeitgeist Movement. Cool. Yeah. Aubrey, what's... So, yeah, that... De- Go ahead. Definitely changed your life. Yes, big time. What's yours, Aubrey? Cool. Uh, a movie that changed my life? Yeah. 
You know, I, can I, I? It was actually, I think, my original intent was a movie that made you feel empathy for something that you hadn't necessarily wow. before. Hmm. Well, I, I was trying too. to fit it into the theme. Yeah, that fits. <laughs> that fits. But like, I, I remember being young I and not really knowing much about unions or giving a shit about, right. you know, mill strugglers somewhere or people struggling for, and then seeing that and being kind of woke to it hmm. for the hmm. rest of my life. Oh, hey, careful, tiger. Cool. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, there's something about cro uh, crossing the country and going through all those places that are forgotten uh, in the middle of the country. But it, uh, movies that changed my life, <sighs> Empire Strikes Back was a wake-up call. Blade Runner was a huge deal. Mm. I felt like, oh, this... I get it. I get what this is about. What's the wake-up call from Empire that you and got? Um, uh, just that the characters were more interesting and more they there were more there was more depth to each character than you thought that you mm. that you saw in Star Wars the first one. Mm -hmm. But but did this open your heart? Was that Neil's original <coughs> question? Opened my heart. Yeah, Blade Runner opened my heart. I think. Okay. I love that movie to death. And uh, it stood up. A lot of people were in love with it and fell out of love with it. To me, it's a, it's a beautiful thing. Um, it's like a beautiful painting or a beautiful symphony that describes a very specific feeling very well. That's what Blade Runner did for me. Okay, Claire, well, did you have a mo movie? Did you already say it? Um, I think I think I answered it, uh, like I said the Mike Lee movie. Yeah. I mean, okay. I could say other movies That's too, fine. but um. Well, cool. I that movie just like made me. F it, I don't think it changed my life, but it. I mean, that's the kind of entertainment. Like I felt like, I empathized and I identified with it. So. Cool. Cool. Well, thanks for the share question. I appreciate I appreciate you. I appreciate your call. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, I think unless we've got some other thing to conquer, I think that might be the uh, the I grand think that's finale our show. Yeah. I'd, I want to let everyone know, uh, everyone who's going to tune in next week, there's a reported uh, end of the world, uh, April twenty third. Um, that's when the planet Naibu is going is purportedly going to smash into the earth and cause the rapture. What day of the week is that? We need to make plans. Oh, shit. I think it's a Thursday. Thursday, okay. <sighs> I, got shit I hate to when do. that happens. Uh. <laughs> April 23rd. Okay. Cool, so it's going to end then? Should we reschedule? That's Should you reschedule the <laughs> podcast? <laughs> I rescheduled the podcast in another time and place, in another time and space. Wow. So please meet me on the alternate dimension 573 <laughs> same time next week galactic standard time. <laughs> cool. Uh that's I think that I think that's it. Thanks for calling thank in. Thank you. All right, thank you for having me and um I thought Neil, I thought your comment about the kibbutz I'm very interested in kibbutz so that was a cool 
Oh, check it out. There's information. It's it, and you can do it too if you want to get over there. They'll there's let you a, in. There's a lot of the kibbutzin on the third installment of Zeitgeist moving forward. There's a lot of info on the kibbutz in that. Hmm. Yeah, I have a, some friends who who have lived on kibbutzes, and I have one friend. She's still over there. She like afterwards she volunteered for the Israeli army, and then she married somebody. So she's really now. Yeah, so she was, and then you know I have a friend that grew up on a kibbutz. I have two friends that grew up on a kibbutz. So. Just an interesting way of life, and I feel like Israel has like all this great food because everybody's growing. And they have yeah. the they have the second largest Burning Man type uh, gathering. I could see that. As they well. probably also compost their poop. Just saying. <laughs> well, they had that they had that uh, celebration, but they used drones instead of fireworks. See that? No. Instead of using fireworks, they had drones do patterns in the sky patterns of lights in the sky that's cool yeah it was very cool scary <laughs> <laughs> but cool smash all right 300 drones coordinated all right thanks all right, that was our show yeah thank you okay all right talk bye. To you later We finished completely. Now it's time to take your seatbelt off. Get out of the car. It's time to go home. It's time to go inside. I know you're still sitting in your car, waiting for the show to end. But you just gotta turn it off anyway Turn it off anyway Don't keep listening to us Turn it off right now No fuss and continue Your day Don't you like it when you get things done don't you like it when you have some fun? You get to go outside and make the world a better place with your energy. Go outside. Go So Zeist Digital, Zeist.net, Z-I-C-E-D.net, ClarkPoolSpa.com. Thank you. Did we have an internet meltdown? We had, yeah. So some of that we'll be uploading in a, here in a moment. I think it's uploading now, actually.